Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Matthew 17, but before we do that and start our reading, today is also Thanksgiving here in the United States. I know some of you are not from here, and it's a little bit of a different, it's a holiday you probably don't have. But here we're grateful and we wanted to take a day out just to thank God for all the blessings we have um, and make it a special day. It's one that early settlers in our society took advantage of and or did and because they were grateful for their survival. Anyways, before we go and talk about any of that, let's go to God in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you, Holy Father, for who you are, the creator of all, the blesser of all, the one who holds us in his arms, the one who loves us, even though we're extremely flawed, and the one who gave us gives us grace and salvation through Christ. So, Father, today I thank you. I thank you for all that you are, and I am grateful for the people in my life, the family I have, the job I have, and the nation I live in. I just lift up all of them to you this day. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I was going to just do a whole podcast on Thanksgiving, but no, I'm going to keep doing my my daily readings also. But I do want to incorporate a little bit into it. So I looked up in my Bible, um, just the topic of Thanksgiving. And I thought Ephesians 1, 15 was really good. Um, and I'll just go ahead and read it for you. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who who fills everything in every way. So this is Paul writing, and he's writing to the the church at at Ephesus. And The thing that I take out, what really strikes me here is that Thanksgiving really is an activity. It's an action and it is something that we need to do and he does it daily. He gives thanks for the church in Ephesus, their love for God and all of their people and their faith in Jesus. He also then actively prays for them. He prays for them to have the wisdom provided by the Holy Spirit. He prays that they have the hope and the, they understand that they have the hope, the inheritance and the strength that comes from being part of Christ's family. And they, he prays for Christ's full, uh, fullness to be 
throughout them and in all that they do. So really, it's a it's an incredible prayer, and it really shows that on a daily basis, I need to be actively thanking God, that it's a daily event that needs to happen. It's not something once a year where we just eat pig out and watch football. It's a daily event of Thanksgiving. And with it, we pray for others. We don't just pray for ourselves. This is an activity that is about others, not ourselves. So anyways, that's what I took out of that. I thought it was kind of kind of interesting and it kind of, it helped open my eyeballs a little bit to uh, the thinking and giving thanksgiving or being thankful about something isn't about me it's about others so with that let's go ahead and get into chapter 17 verse 1 of Matthew after 6 days Jesus took with him Peter James and John the brother of James and led them up a high mountain by themselves there he was transfigured before them His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Again, we have Jesus here telling the disciples not to be afraid. Everything is okay, no matter how terrifying it may sound or seem. He's there, and there's no need for us to be afraid. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah comes and will will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished, in the same way the Son of Man is going to suffer. Then the disciples understood that he was talking about talking to them about John the Baptist. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt down before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. I I laugh at this because I feel like Jesus probably thinks the same thing about me. He's like, dude, you have the power of the father. And yet you don't have the faith to act it, act out on it, to use it. And this is the same thing the disciples probably faced. They had the power of, They've seen Jesus do all this stuff, and they've, they've actually done it when he sent them out two by two. But for some reason, for whatever reason, they don't have all the faith that they need at this time, and they fail. Let's see. Uh, verse 18, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. 
Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. When they came together in Galilee, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. After Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? He said. From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From whom, from their own children or for other, from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the children are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not cause offense, go to the lake and throw out your, your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for the, my tax and for yours. So here we have Jesus talking about and sharing with them that he's going to be he's going to be killed. He's going to die, but he will be raised on the third day. He's been speaking about and bringing to the disciples' attention numerous occasions about his his death. That he talks about the cross. He talks about the only sign that the Pharisees will see is the sign of Jonah, and now he's flat out telling them that the Son of Man is going to be handed over and killed, but he'll rise again. So it's interesting also that we see <clears throat> here how the disciples have have you know they're they're kind of speaking out of turn you know when when Jesus is there with with Moses and Elijah. They interrupt and say, oh, hey, it's good we're here. We'll build you a, a shelter. Trying to be nice. But again, you would think that the reverence would be there and that they would just be quiet and wait to be told what to do or start activity on their own. But they don't. They interrupt. They don't see, the, the at least in my opinion, they don't see the, the what's really happening there. And their role should be one of observers, not interrupters. But then they understand that, you know what, who who he's talking about in terms of Elijah. Then they get the insights that it's John the Baptist. So they, they have insights, they're smart, but then they can't heal because they don't have the faith, even though they've healed in the past. And so, so often I can see, again, myself in these people. At times I understand. Other times I barge in when I shouldn't. When I literally have had times where God's, I feel like God's talking to me. I'm understanding what he's saying, but instead of just being quiet, I interrupt and I bring doubt. I don't just be quiet and listen. Instead, I start doubting. I bring my own concerns and fears instead of resting and listening to them. And then there's times when it's clear as day what I'm supposed to do. So I really see myself in these men, in these disciples. And I'm grateful and thankful that God has given me this book. In the past, I really didn't see it as the disciples as role models or examples of who I am. 
since I've started this journey, I really see them fully as examples of me, almost mirror images so many times of who I am. And not just the disciples, but throughout the entire Bible we've covered. There's so often, there's so much of me inside of all of the, the people in the Bible. So anyways, with that, let's go ahead and close up with prayer. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for your your blessings. And thank you for loving us and being the creator of the world and caring about each individual person. I'm so thankful for who you are. And I just pray that I would continue to be active in my thanks and that I would keep my thanks as an activity and not just a momentary event. So Lord, I lift up this day. I lift up this time. I pray that the word, your word that's been read would go out and be fruitful that anything from me just remove it because it's useless, but that everything from you would be beneficial and would be touching all of our hearts and our spirits and our minds. It's in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks. Thanks for joining me at just a guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving day. Take care.